Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 221. We are in the last 45 episodes of this podcast. And for all of you who are still in it and working through it, congratulations, you're doing great. We are getting so close to the end. Today, as we continue through the book of Ezekiel and then back into the Gospel of John, we really, in one sense, are seeing the contrast between death and life. And that apart from God, apart from uh, belonging to him, uh, because of our sin, and we see this on the nation's side and, and how God brings judgment, that death is actually what awaits us physically and spiritually apart from God. And yet in the story from John 11, we'll see a promise of the power that God has through Jesus to bring resurrection and life everlasting, eternally. And that's wonderful good news in the midst of all the judgment and warnings that we have and been reading in Ezekiel as well. So today our episode is called The Resurrection and the Life. Ezekiel chapter 31. In the eleventh year, in the third month, on the first day of the month, the Lord's message, message came to me saying, Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt and his hordes, who are, like you, who are you like in your greatness? Consider Assyria, a cedar in Lebanon, with beautiful branches like a forest giving shade and extremely tall, its top reached into the clouds. The water made it grow, underground springs made it grow tall, rivers flowed all around the place it was planted, while smaller channels watered all the trees of the field. Therefore it grew taller than all the trees of the field. Its boughs grew large and its branches grew long because of the plentiful water in its shoots. All the birds of the sky nested in its boughs, and its branches all the beasts of the field gave birth. In its shade all the great nations lived. It was beautiful in its loftiness, in the length of its branches, for its roots went down deep to plentiful waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not eclipse it, nor could the fir trees match its boughs. The plain trees were as nothing compared to its branches. No tree in the garden of God could rival its beauty." I made it beautiful with its many branches. All the trees of Eden in the garden of God envied it. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because it was tall in stature and its top reached into the clouds and it was proud of its height, I gave it over to the leader of the nations. He has judged it thoroughly as its sinfulness deserves. I have thrown it out. Foreigners from the most terrifying nations have cut it down and left it to lie there on the mountains. In all the valleys its branches have fallen, and its boughs lie broken in the ravines of the land. All the peoples of the land have departed from its shade and left it. On its ruins all the birds of the sky will live, and all the wild animals will walk on its branches. For this reason no watered trees will grow so tall. Their tops will not reach into the clouds, nor will the well-watered ones grow that high. For all of them have been appointed to die in the lower parts of the earth. They will be among mere mortals with those who descend to the pit. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. On the day it went down to Sheol, I caused observers to lament. I covered it with the deep and held back its rivers. Its plentiful water was restrained. I clothed Lebanon in black for it, and all the trees of the field wilted because of it. 
I made the nation shake at the sound of its fall when I threw it down to Sheol, along with those who descend to the pit. Then all the trees of Eden, the choicest and the best of Lebanon, all that were well watered, were comforted in the earth below. Those who lived in its shade, its allies among the nations, also went down with it to Sheol, to those killed by the sword. Which of the trees of Eden was like you in majesty and loftiness? You'll be brought down with the trees of Eden to the lower parts of the earth. You will lie among the uncircumcised with those killed by the sword. This is what will happen if Pharaoh and all his hordes declares the sovereign Lord. In the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the first of the month, the Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, sing a lament for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You are like a lion among the nations, but you are a monster in the seas. You thrash about in your streams, stir up the water with your feet, and muddy your streams. This is what the sovereign Lord says, I will throw my net over you in the assembly of many peoples, and they will haul you up in my dragnet. I will leave you on the ground. I will fling you into the open field. I will allow all the birds of the sky to settle on you, and I will permit all the wild animals to gorge themselves on you. I will put your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your maggot-infested carcass. I will drench the land with the flow of your blood up to the mountains, and the ravines will be full of blood. When I extinguish you, I will cover the sky. I will darken its stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not shine. I will darken all the lights of the sky over you, and I will darken your land, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will disturb many peoples when I bring about your destruction among the nations, among countries you do not know. I will shock many peoples with you, and their kings will shiver with horror because of you. When I brandish my sword before them, each moment, each of them, every moment, each of them will tremble for his life on the day of your fall. For this is what the sovereign Lord says, the sword of the king of Babylon will attack you. By the swords of the mighty warriors, I will cause your hordes to fall. All of them are the most terrifying among the nations. They will devastate the pride of Egypt, and all its hordes will be destroyed. I will destroy all its cattle beside the plentiful waters. And no human foot will disturb the waters again, nor will the hooves of cattle disturb them. Then I will make their waters calm, and I will make their streams flow like olive oil, declares the Sovereign Lord. When I turn the land of Egypt into desolation, and the land is destitute of everything that fills it, when I strike all those who live in it, then they will know that I am the Lord. This is the lament. They will chant it. The daughters of the nations will chant it. They will chant it over Egypt and over all her hordes, declares the Sovereign Lord. In the twelfth year, on the fifteenth day of the month, the Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, wail over the horde of Egypt. Bring it down. Bring her and her daughters of powerful nations down to the lower parts of the earth, along with those who descend to the pit. Say to them, Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down and be laid to rest with the uncircumcised. They will fall among those killed by the sword. The sword is drawn. They carry her and all her hordes away. The bravest of the warriors will speak to him from the midst of Sheol along with his allies, saying, The uncircumcised have come down. They lie still, killed by the sword. Assyria is there with all her assembly around her grave, all of them struck down by the sword. Their graves are located in the remote slopes of the pit. Her assembly is around her grave, all of them struck down by the sword, those who spread terror in the land of the living. Elam is there with all her hordes around her grave, all of them struck down by the sword. They went down uncircumcised to the lower parts of the earth, those who spread terror in the land of the living. Now they will bear their shame with those who descend to the pit. Among the dead they have made a bed for the her, along with all her hordes around her grave. All of them are uncircumcised, killed by the sword, for their terror had spread in the land of the living. 
They bear their shame along with those who descend to the pit. They are placed among the dead. Meshech Tubal is there, along with all her hordes around her grave. All of them are uncircumcised, killed by the sword, for they spread their terror in the land of the living. They do not lie with the fallen warriors of ancient times, who went down to Sheol with with their weapons of war, having their swords placed under their heads and their shields on their bones, when the terror of these warriors was in the land of the living. But as for you in the midst of the uncircumcised, you will be broken, and you will lie with those killed by the sword. Edom is there with her kings and all her princes. Despite their might, they are laid with those killed by the sword. They lie with the uncircumcised and those who descend to the pit. All the leaders of the north are there, along with the Sidonians. Despite their might, they have gone down in shameful terror with the dead. They lie uncircumcised with those killed by the sword and bear their shame with those who descend to the pit. Pharaoh will see them and be consoled over all his hordes who are killed by the sword. Pharaoh and all his army declares the sovereign Lord. Indeed, I terrified him in the land of the living, yet he will lie in the midst of the uncircumcised with those killed by the sword. Pharaoh and all his hordes declares the sovereign Lord. The Lord's message came to me saying, Son of man, Speak to your people and say to them, Suppose I bring a sword against the land, and the people of the land take one man from their borders and make him their watchman. He sees the sword coming against the land, blows the trumpet, and warns the people. But there is one who hears the sound of the trumpet, yet does not heed the warning. Then the sword comes and sweeps him away. He will be responsible for his own death. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not heed the warning. So he is responsible for himself. If he had heeded the warning, he would have saved his life. But suppose the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people. Then the sword comes and takes one of their lives. He is swept away for his iniquity, but I will hold the watchman accountable for that person's death. As for you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you must warn them on my behalf. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you must certainly die, and you do not warn the wicked about his behavior, The wicked man will die for his iniquity, but I will hold you accountable for his death. But if you warn the wicked man to change his behavior and he refuses to change, he will die for his own iniquity. But you have saved your own life. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, this is what the Lord has said. Our rebellious acts and our sins have caught up with us and we are wasting away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but prefer that the wicked change his behavior and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil deeds. Why should you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to the people, The righteousness of the righteous will not deliver him if he rebels. As for the wicked, his wickedness will not make him stumble if he turns from it. The righteous will not be able to live by his righteousness if he sins. Suppose I tell the righteous that he will certainly live, but he becomes confident in his righteousness and commits iniquity. None of his righteous deeds will be remembered. Because of the iniquity he has committed, he will die. Suppose I say to the wicked, you must certainly die, but he turns from his sin and does what is just and right. He returns what was taken in pledge, pays back what was stolen, and follows the statutes that give life, committing no iniquity. He will certainly live. He will not die. None of the sins he has committed will be counted against him. He has done what is just and right. He will certainly live. Yet your people say, The behavior of the Lord is not right. 
when it is their behavior that is not right. When a righteous man turns from his godliness and commits iniquity, he will die for it. When the wicked turns from his sin and does what is just and right, he will live because of it. Yet you say the behavior of the Lord is not right. House of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his behavior. In the twelfth year of our exile, in the tenth month, on the fourth, on the sorry, on the fifth of the month, a refugee came to me from Israel, from Jerusalem, saying, "The city has been defeated." Now the hand of the Lord had been on me the evening before the refugee reached me, but the Lord opened my mouth by the time the refugee arrived in the morning. He opened my mouth, and I was able to speak once more. And the Lord's message came to me, saying, "Son of man, the one, the ones living in these ruins in the land of Israel are saying." Abraham was only one man, yet he possessed the land. But we are many. Surely the land has been given to us for a possession. Therefore say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You eat the meat with the blood still in it. Pray to idols and shed blood. Do you really think you will possess the land? You rely on your swords and commit abominable deeds. Each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Will you possess the land? This is what you must say to them. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. As surely as I live, those living in the ruins will die by the sword. Those in the open field I will give to the wild beasts for food. And those who are in the strongholds and caves will die of disease. I will turn the land into a desolate ruin. Her confident pride will come to an end. The mountains of Israel will be so desolate no one will pass through them. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I turn the land into a desolate ruin because of all the abominable deeds they have committed. But as for you, son of man, your people who are talking about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses, say to one another, Come here, the word that comes from the Lord. They come to you in crowds. They sit in front of you as my people. They hear your words, but do not obey them. For they talk lustfully, and their heart is set on their own advantage. Realize that to them, you are like a sensual song, a beautiful voice, and skilled musician. They hear your words, but they do not obey them. When all this comes true, and it certainly will, then they will know that a prophet was among them. And there's God's judgment, as I hope you heard. It's devastating, but again and again, he warns them of the death that is coming, of going down to the pit, to the grave, to Sheol, all words that describe death and destruction. And yet now as we turn to John chapter 11, we hear Jesus and what he says at the very graveside of a friend and how he promises life in a way that only he can, and we'll see why and how. John chapter 11. Now a certain man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Now it was Mary who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and wiped his feet dry with her hair, her whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sister sent a message to Jesus saying, Lord, look, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness will not lead to death, but to God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he remained in the place where he was for two more days. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples replied, Rabbi, the Jewish leaders were were just now trying to stone you to death. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks around in the daytime, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks around at night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. 
After he said this, he added, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. Then the disciples replied, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had been talking about his death, but they thought he had been talking about real sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and I am glad for your sake that I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go too, so that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had been in the tomb four days already. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, so many of the Jewish people of the region had come to Martha and Mary to console them over the loss of their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will grant you. Jesus replied, Your brother will come back to life again. Martha said, I know that he will come back to life again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if he dies, and the one who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replied, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who comes into the world. And when she had said this, Martha went and called her sister Mary, saying privately, The teacher is here, and he is asking for you. So when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still in the place where Martha had come out to meet him. Then the people who were with Mary in the house, consoling her, saw her get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the people who had come with her weeping, he was moved intensely in spirit and greatly distressed. He asked, Where have you laid him? They replied, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Thus the people who had come to mourn said, Look how much he loved him. But some of them said, This is the man who caused the blind man to see. Couldn't he have done something to help Lazarus from dying? Jesus, intensely moved again, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave and a stone was placed across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, replied, Lord, by this time the body will have a bad smell because he has been buried four days. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you that you have listened to me. I know, knew that you always listen to me, but I said this for the sake of the crowd standing around here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he shouted in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The one who had died came out, his feet and hands tied up with the strips of cloth and a cloth wrapped around his face. Jesus said to them, Unwrap him and let him go. Then many of the people who had come with Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and reported to them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called the council together and said, What are we doing? 
for this man is performing many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on this way, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away our sanctuary and our nation. Then one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said, You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is more to your advantage to have one man die for the people than for the whole nation to perish. Now he did not say this on his own, but because he was high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the Jewish nation, and not for the Jewish nation only, but to gather together into one the children of God who are scattered. So from that day they planned together to kill him. Thus Jesus no longer went around publicly among the Judeans, but he went away from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim and stayed there with his disciples. Now the Jewish feast of Passover was near and many people went up to Jerusalem from the rural areas before the Passover to cleanse themselves ritually. Thus they were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple courts, What do you think? That he won't come to the feast? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should report it so that they could arrest him. Well, there we have this incredible story, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead and telling Martha that he is the resurrection and life, that those who believe in him will never die, but will have life eternal. And that's because Jesus gave his life and died in our place and rose again. And believing in him, he offers that same life, that resurrection that he has accomplished himself. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're always there